Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm the female co-host, Vanessa Ragland. <laughs> Thank God we've labeled the genders out yeah, there. Yeah, everybody, we got a lot of emails. I know. Wondering which, is which. which one is the boy. So I'm the female host, Cole. And I'm the female co-host, Vanessa. Right. So, <laughs> I hope it's all settled. So yeah, there we go. We are all Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, welcome to the show, everybody. It's a pleasure to have you here. It is. Uh, usually we are listener supported, which we still are. Yeah. Uh, but we have a great sponsor for this episode and actually this came out of uh me actually really liking their products and Uh, then you'll find out why it's sexy in just a second yeah mac weldon makes this really great high quality underwear and t-shirts and things like that too and you may have seen it like on your facebook feeds it pops up a lot it was like the best pair of underwear i'll ever own and i was like all right i'll bite so (laughs) i'm impressed that you were like an ad responder. I know. I usually am not. Yeah. But I saw it and I was like, okay, that's, you know, why not? So I, I clicked on it and they guarantee your first pair, which is cool. So I thought, oh, I'll buy a pair and if it sucks, they'll just give me my money back. But honestly, like, it's the most comfortable, awesome underwear I've ever owned. So then I bought some more. And uh, lo and behold, they've been doing a lot of podcast sponsorship stuff. And uh, they're uh, taking a chance on us this week. Whoa, take a chance. And that's right. I can't uh, testify to this, but... John's about to get some, so when I see the situation, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, they're from super, a female perspective. They're super crazy comfortable, and also too, like I play softball all day on the weekends on Sunday, and uh, I started wearing a pair underneath that, and they sweat and they breathe really well. So yeah, like, this I know is that sounds, too much. I know that sounds gross, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. like it's really good for that as well yeah. too. And they have some pairs that, and they call them silver. Oh, they're um, cute. Yeah, they're really. Cole just pulled up looking. the thing. There it is. There it is. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, like that. Yeah, so I, honestly, guys, I know we don't really think about spending money on underwear. It's usually oh, just I go to Target and buy like a seven-pack of Fruit of the Looms for $4, <laughs> and you're done with it. But these are high quality. They really are comfortable, and you wear underwear more than you wear anything else, really. So. And it's on your most valuable body stuff. That's so right. So treat yourself right, baby. And you can get a discount what? with our code. Yeah, if you go to MacWeldon, that's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, Type in your code uh, POPMY, P-O-P-M-Y, like pop my culture, mm-hmm. without the culture. That's too wordy. Yeah, too much. Type in POPMY. You'll get 20% off your first purchase, which is pretty rad. And they make your balls look 20% bigger. Sorry. <laughs> do they really? <laughs> no. Uh, they do. I got to admit, they do look good, though. They are pretty styling. I'm trying to think of, like, what does the man want from his they will. Uh, they will... Properly uh, showcase showcase your junk. Oh yeah, yeah, that's all anyone could ask. <laughs> it's true. So go to macwalden.com, use the code POPMY, get twenty percent off your first purchase. And uh, guys, seriously, it's it is worthwhile. Even just buy one pair, see how you like them. And uh, I'm not steering you wrong. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, uh, there's a donate button on our website. Popmyculturepodcast.com. Every amount helps. We will give you a shout-out on a future episode. We'll do our shout-outs probably next episode. Um, so we appreciate that. Also, go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Here's how you do it. You go to <laughs> iTunes, and you click the fifth star, yep. and then you say, oh, yeah, baby. Sure. Ear bacon. 
You're a bacon? No, ear bacon. Oh, ear because bacon. everybody thinks bacon is good, so it's like our podcast is I gotcha. ear bacon. Sure. Uh, so it's that's a trendy. A There's bacon in it. It's like Brussels sprouts with bacon in exactly. it. Exactly. It's a thing. Put some goat cheese on it. There you go. You got yourself a $40 snack, right. honey. The goat cheese thing was about four years ago. Oh, sorry. I'm behind I think the times. Kind of, <laughs> uh, you uh, can also email us at info yep. at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read all the emails. We'll write you back. Guest suggestions welcome. Or if you just want to say hi or send us some art, whatever. Yeah, anything. We like all things. That's right. We do enjoy Shout it. out to Rick. Yeah, Rick, who is awesome. Yeah. We enjoy uh, hearing from you guys, so it's like we're not podcasting and do a vacuum. Yeah. So please say hello. Please. Uh, also, our guest today, uh, who we'll introduce in a second, uh, he has a CD called I Guess We'll Never Know, which he will be signing and uh, giving away to one lucky listener. If you go to our website and leave your answer to the first question in the comment section for this episode, you'll have a chance to win that. Uh, I think that's about it. Should we get to our episode? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, all right, guys. We'll be right back with Matt Kirshen. Yay! Our guest today is a great stand-up comic. Uh, he was a semifinalist on Last Comic Standing. Finalist on Last there Comic Standing. Don't. But, I mean, that, that's fair. Enough. He was a semifinalist, and then he became a finalist. <laughs> yeah, you went through both. Yeah, so he was an auditioner. Yeah. And then he got past that. I, he was in the line. He was in the line. He was, of, he was in the line. <laughs> it was wrapping around. He filled out some paperwork. <laughs> Told some jokes. They're like, all right. He filled out some more paperwork. I've never heard these. Jumped through like, some hoops. Uh, how a star was born. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Several steps, people. Anyways, Matt Kirshen is here. Hey, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm yeah, so thanks for being here. Uh, well, let's. Uh, we will talk about last comic standing in a bit. But let's start out with a thing that just happened. That's the Emmys. Uh, this past Sunday, that's the day that they were yeah, on. Yeah, that was the day. So the Emmys happened, and uh, fairly entertaining broadcast. Did either of you watch it, or was I the only one? I was, I can't remember where I was. I was out either at a gig or at something. I normally do. I normally do, so I can snarky live tweet it and hopefully pick up a couple extra followers, because that's what my right. life is nowadays. Yeah. That's, that's meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> um... But I I don't know where I think I was out at a gig or something, so I just got the old update via other people's snarky tweets. Right. Yeah. Yes, there's I love when people go on social media during like, don't spoil it and it's like everyone is live tweeting it. Anyone yeah. who know it's like don't yeah. go on social are media. Are people really like that about the Emmys? Like are people like I, I taped it so I don't wanna know who won. That's right. You don't belong in our society. Yeah. So. I wanna sit down on Saturday afternoon with a cold beer and really <laughs> Really just feel it play by play happen. And if the, the wife walks in when I'm watching the Emmys oh. God help her. Better watch out. Oh, boy. Beer can crunch. (laughs) If you tell me who won best guest actor on a limited miniseries or show, I swear to God. I'll go ape shit on you. You know cinematography is my category. (laughs) (laughs) I I know Allison Janney is going to win it, but I want to see the magic for myself. (laughs) All right? Best sound editor. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't watch it either. I Uh, also got the tweet updates, and then I did, like, I clip-watched the things that people were uh, buzzing about. Well, I watched it. Good man. I watched it live, and I also live-tweeted it with the hopes of getting a little attention. Yep. I Um, I went through your live tweets last night. I mean, not live. They were dead at the point. But uh, (laughs) but I have this in a minute. All right, my tweets. (laughs) But they were very funny. Um, Yeah, it is kind of funny. Like, you'll tweet a joke, and you'll be like, is it getting any love? Does anybody like it? No. That one they didn't like. Oh, they like that throwaway one? All right. Did I pick the right hashtag? Right. (laughs) There it is. Um, I want to get the people who are not my followers, but looking through for the hashtag. Right. They're hashtagging it, and they're going through, and they follow you for two days, and then they stop following you. But it's fun for those two days. (laughs) No, no. It's like a vacation. Romance, yeah, right. <laughs> we had a time together, just like, a time. I know when we leave Carbo, this won't carry on, but for the moment, it's, it's love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it like this. 
like it was on the Emmys. Well, probably the greatest thing in it, because it was a big surprise and only, I guess, five people knew about it, was that Tracy Morgan was going to make an appearance at yeah. the very end. Oh, I still haven't seen the clip of that. It's really great. Yeah, it is. He comes out, everybody gives him a big standing ovation. He thanks people for sticking with him and giving him, like, basically, like, he when he was in the coma, or, like, when he was in the hospital watching mm-hmm. other people on TV saying, you're going to be back here, and stuff really helped him and gave him motivation. Cool. Uh, and then he made a joke saying, like, I've only recently started to feel like myself again, so a lot of women are going to get pregnant backstage or whatever, <laughs> like the typical Tracy thing, and then did the last award, and it was just kind of great to see. He said a weird thing about gays, then apologized for the weird thing about gays. Right. And and then- it was lovable the whole time somehow. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but it was great. It was really cool to see. And I guess, uh, of all people, Paula Dean almost spoiled it because a day before or whatever, she saw him in the lobby of some hotel and like took a selfie with him and was about to post it. And then some people were like, stepped in and was like, please don't because it's a secret. He's in LA. And if they do that, if that goes up, it'll get pulled and everybody will know that he's there for the Emmy. Paula Dean's like, I need more photos of me with black people. <laughs> I've got to post this. <laughs> Just hold tight for a day and a half. <laughs> oh, this could really help me. Yeah. We know you're impulsive. <laughs> Paula, we know you're unpredictable. Back, Come on, PD. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, like, finally John Hamm won. Finally. The last chance he had for Mad Men. Had he never won for Mad Men? Never won. Been who, nominated a bajillion times. Who normally wins that one? Because which category was he? He's like best, well, best actor in a drama. Cranston win. Cranston won a lot. Yeah. There's probably some Game of Thrones winners, some... A little bit. It's I can't even remember, yeah, but like, he just never won it. It was always not him. <laughs> um, so when he won it, he How like specific? crawled onto the stage from the front and like... It was, it was funny. It was like, finally. Um, so that was cool. He's a funny like, man, Ham. He's yeah. annoyingly funny man. Like yeah, you I don't shouldn't get to. Do yeah, that I don't too. like it when someone who looks like that and can act yeah. is also funny. Like but he's that's not, not like trying to be funny. He's actually like a funny person. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. It's, it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool, John Hamm. Taking funny jobs away from socially awkward, ugly people. Right. Yeah, you're six foot something. You got to just tap out at being talented. Yeah. Be talented, and then that's enough for you. <laughs> Shut up about being funny. Like, showing up at improv shows and being funny. Yeah. No, I'm actually very okay with the whole situation. <laughs> Just from a female perspective. Well, now, now he's single. I know. He and Jennifer Westfeld yeah, broke so it off. I could really move in right about now. All right. I think it looks good for me. Yeah. Um, I think your chances are My odds good. are good. Would you have him move into your place, or would you just drop this life and move into his? Um, I think I'd have him move in here with me and my husband. Cool. Uh, and my son, because, you know, that's my life. Yeah, and it's like you, he's got less that we shaken up by moving in with you than you would if you were to yeah, move in with him. Yeah, if I was to move in, it would be a huge transition. Yeah. And for him, it's just him. Yeah. You know? So basically, it's a reality show about John Hamm, fresh off uh, Emmy mm-hmm. win, and a very successful series, Becoming a Manny. Mm-hmm. For a Manny for and my lover. Yeah. Right. It's called Ham Sandwich. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the upper the, ham. The uh, poster is like me and John sandwiching John Ham. By the way, the upper, the, that was, I could be wrong about this because it, it was either the upper hand or there was another one. I always get two British sitcoms mixed up from the, from the early 90s, but one of them was a direct remake of Who's the Boss. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It, I think it was either The Upper Hand or 2.4 Children, and I, but I think it was The Upper Hand, in which case that was a remarkably good pun. Yeah, there you go. That'll, be, that'll appeal to only maybe 
It's a niche. 1% of your listenership. Right. But those 1% will finally feel appreciated. Yeah. There's a a show called 2.4 Children. Yeah. Uh, Based on that was... Again, I mentioned this to Americans, and that is an expression you have. 2.4 Children was the average number of children per family. Right. So it was also then used as a sign for like a... You know, an average family. Like, right. oh, you know, the normal, like, suburban house, 2.4 children. Like, that's the... Was there, like, a person missing parts? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It yeah. was a grotesque... A grotesque. <laughs> it, it was a sitcom slash horror. and then one uh, yeah. nugget. Yeah, 40% Man. child. It was like a very mainstream sitcom with just a really dark element. It <laughs> 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 would crawl, moaning into Here frame. Here comes Petey. Crawl! <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend... Uh, I'm, uh, Probably science co-host Andy was he was um he went on a surfing trip somewhere in Central America and he he his holiday buddy his vacation buddy was this German guy whose favorite sitcom he described as a two and one half men. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> Which is again just just slightly wrong, just, just so, wrong enough to just be right perfect. Enough. Yeah, you know I listened, I watched the uh, two and one half men. <laughs> <laughs> You're very very American. Cool. <laughs> 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 I like it. Um, let me see if there's anything else we need to do on the Emmys. I mean, there was some more interesting stuff. I was kind of surprised at the Game of Thrones love because usually it's been kind of snubbed at the Emmys. I'm like, this is your one for like directing and like writing and like. If anything, I thought this last season the writing actually got pretty bad. A lot of people say that I loved this season. I think I'm a. I might be an outlier on this one. I really liked it. I more th- than previous. Yeah, I think I get why people didn't because there was definitely sort of quote slow episodes but i just felt like they kept the tension at the absolute peak the whole way through like this i think it's the sort of slow ones that you go back and they sort of sink in a bit more and over time you kind of go no i kind of appreciate that they were doing that it felt like it was all just tense and building to a couple of crescendos but i loved that build up whereas other people were like god nothing happened this episode mm. dull yeah i just tapped out because it was too after having a baby, I got very uh, sensitive. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd loved it, and then it was just like, oh, I can't, I can't it's anymore. Too many families oh, just being brutalized. Yeah, and like there was stuff with babies and stuff, and it's just like oh, yeah. something happens in you biologically where it is not the fun is gone. Yeah, well, that your Game of Thrones was originally called Point Four Children. <laughs> people don't know that. Point Four you were Children lucky. on yeah. spikes. Right, yeah. they were going to change the percentage every episode. Point three, <laughs> point oh two. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still love the show. I still, you know, I don't miss it. Um, and there were some really amazing sequences this season, like the big wildling um, uh, De- White Walker battle. Yeah, was pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I do like it still. I just thought that I don't know. I thought the writing was stronger earlier, and like yeah. it got totally snubbed back then. And like now, maybe they're just it's late those, some to of the them party. are like cumulative awards too. I yeah. think where it's like this show has been consistently bringing in a lot of viewers and has a lot of fans, and so it's. I think it is more of like, oh, as a body of work, yeah. we appreciate you. And then Peter Dinklage won... He was did, it, yeah. Uh, for, is it supporting actor he won or...? Supporting, yeah. I believe, yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to know who the lead actor is in Game of Thrones. Like, I don't know if there is even an answer to oh, that. Oh, yeah, I wonder if anybody even gets nominated in that Well, it's it, sort of it all was, supporting actors. It actor. was Sean Bean for four episodes. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Um, Spoiler... 
Yeah. What are the rules on spoiling stuff that's I six years like old? If it's six, think, yeah. Hey, come on. I don't think it's ever okay. I but, think this is horrible. <laughs> You're never allowed to discuss anything. You can't talk about things. Nope. It's not nice to have discussions. No. Oh, the worst. Mm-hmm. But he kind of had a fairly... Like, he wasn't in that much of the season. I, I think he's amazing in the series. And, like, he thoroughly deserves to win loads of plaudits. But, yeah, he kind of had a bit of a quietish season. But then I guess he had a few really great moments and... Either yeah. way, I'm happy. I like the show. He was like great this season, but yeah, it was like the season before was really like when he was featured hardcore, when he went, you know, the whole combat thing. and Yeah, um, and he didn't win that that one, right? No, I'm, well, but it's hard to say. Like, I don't know what season it's technically honoring. You know, it could be that this is for last season versus what just happened because that oh. might be after the window. Of, I don't know. I just don't, I'm not Have sure. You s- no, it wasn't because I remember seeing the episodes that they were nominated for in the other categories for like direction and sound design stuff and it was yeah. it was the episodes right. yeah it was like the ones where the big battle was one of them and understandably right um did you see the whole gun control uh, sorry gum uh controversy no where oh it's, it's big news and you're a pop culture podcast yeah so uh, peter dinklage may or may not have spat chewing gum into his wife's mouth oh the gum award. thing yes i did see that oh it's re- yeah that he tongue kisses his wife as he wins but to basically deposit the gum in her mouth so he can go accept the award yeah how do we feel about well he sort of he sort of kisses her first and then here's what it looks like he sort of half chews so it looks like he might have gum in his mouth and then he kisses and then he sort of almost like an afterthought snaps back and kisses her again and then she has a like Oh no, you didn't face like a kind of ah, but like smiley in a car. I think it's awesome. Does it look? It looks like a moment of delight between the two of them. Okay, wonderful. I thought is this. Yeah, he did like aggressively just like pull a hair and just (laughs) gob it from a distance. (laughs) We don't know what kind of gum it was. Like if it was fruit striped, that thing had no flavor. Yeah, that's true. That's bad. Some staying power. Right. Oh, and if it's love. nicotine gum and she's like given up smoking a while right. ago, then that's, that's bad. Weird. That's bad. Or it might weird. be fun for the night. Yeah. Give her a little buzzy buzz. <laughs> or if it's just like a weird off non-flavor like pork or something. I think the pork. Be bad. Yeah. Yeah. It could be bad. Pork gum. Weird experimental ham, gum flavor. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's trying it out for Big Gum Corporation. I think, I think the public has a right to know. Yeah. I think so too. Let's and, get and him. He did kind of like when he goes on stage to do his speech, he does say like, "Oh, and I was chewing. I should have wrote some down. I was chewing gum." Even like he literally says, "Does I he say chewing. that?" Yeah. Whoa. Oh, well, then there's no mystery. I mean, he doesn't say I was chewing gum and then I French Spit kissed my, my girlfriend my girl. and moved it over to her mouth. Like he doesn't go that in depth. But I mean, have you guys ever been in a relationship where swapping gum was a okay? No. Yeah. Or like where you would do it. I mean, of course, there's ones that'd be like, that wouldn't have made me mad, but have you... Do you have well, like, if you're already shoving your tongue in someone else's mouth, like, there's nothing extra in there that's... But I guess I'm asking, have you done it? No, yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh. I have, I have not. I have. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cole's the weirdo. You're prude. <laughs> I, I, you're I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's ever... I've I'm never cool. rejected it. It's never been a thing uh, where the gum has started. I only have gum that's come straight out of a packet from a factory. Oh, I'm Cole Stratton. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, usually I have enough gum to go around. I don't usually so do it. I, I have fun. my own piece. And Ooh, so she, I'm Cole like, Stratton. Reasonable. I'm a millionaire who can afford my own gum all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my dad was a gum magnet, so I just have all that gum money. Yeah, Cole Stratton, nay, bubblicious. <laughs> 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 yes, my grandfather, uh, Larry Hubba Bubba. He preferred Lawrence Hubba Bubba. Larry is what we call him in the family. Of George Hubba yeah. Bubba? Yes, that's right. You call him Pop Pop Hubba Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
cutest character that's ever been. Oh, Pop Pop Papa Bubba's here with a little something for my little ones. Pop Pop Papa Bubba sounds like a Thomas the Tank Engine character. You know what? I don't like that show. Oh, wow. I've been really thinking about this. Finally, take it to task. Take it to task. Here we go. This is something that 0% of my listeners will care about. But, so I have this little baby that's a year and a half old. And he doesn't really watch many things. But he's seen some stuff. And I have nephews. Game of Thrones, he's seen some dark stuff, you guys. <laughs> I have nephews and I have other friends' kids. Nova. Like, he loves Thomas Nova. is, he's, well, that's, that would be okay. I think that probably would be Nova. quite good for kids because it's got, like, just graphics. Yeah, right. I let him watch, um, what's it called? The one that's Taxi. kind of like life. <laughs> but the, one of those BBC, like, there's. Like a David Attenborough ones. Beautiful. Life on Earth or something. Yes, or? yeah. Right. And that was good. But Thomas the Tank Engine is dark. And I don't like it. And kids get obsessed with it, and it's my mission to protect him. They're the toys, like, they only aspire to be useful. And they live on this horrible island run by this little man, Sir Topham Haddam. And they get in fights with each other about, like, oh, don't, don't have fun. Like, they're very, very... Wow. So Thomas Haddam, because in Britain, I don't know whether this is a separate character or not, or whether he got renamed at some point, either for America or just... For society, yeah. but he used to be the fat controller. Was the name of the? Yes, he's become Mr. Topham Haddam or whatever. Okay, and who? And also, I don't. And they live on the island of Sodor. Sordor. Ooh. I mean, it's all very wow. Dark. There's a whole mythology. It's gray, gray, I don't, gray. Right. Is that next to the island of Hodor? Where they just say that over and over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hodor. It was um when I was growing up. It was uh it was narrated by Ringo Starr. Oh yeah, and then somebody else like uh, very. Very like, oh, Alec Baldwin did it, right? In in, the, in America, in America, at least in the, the movie. early, yeah. And now it's like, I just think it's a socialist nightmare. Wow, <laughs> oh, I'm useful. That's all they aspire to be. That's not useful. even socialist. That's sort of utilitarian. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't even know what it is exactly. It's dark. That's all. So basically. Fuck you, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, no, Thomas, get life and be your own train. Like, stop worrying about what this man wants you to do. And don't be stick yourself. to the rails. Yeah, get off the rails. And don't be mean to other people as they dilly-dally. They're enjoying life. Oh, it's such a negative message. Just get in the train and help the man. There's like, a, literally, I bought a toy for my friend's son that you press it and all he goes is, I'm useful. Wow. Ugh. And I paid money, so I am supporting it more than anyone. Okay, next. Well, I'm really glad I opened this can of worms. <laughs> I don't think you did. I think that was my fault entirely. <laughs> I mentioned I did a throwaway Thomas the Tank Engine oh, joke. Oh, yeah, you got me started. That's right. I got right. you on That's uh, right. Soapbox. You pressed a it's button, my fault. honey. It's my fault. <laughs> you pressed my useful button. <laughs> I'm useful. <laughs> um, well, speaking of things that some parents are upset about, um, oh, let me guess, Miley Cyrus. No. Uh, the new fall shows are starting to premiere now. And uh-huh. the Muppets premiered uh, two nights ago. And uh, I, it's kind of like it's, it's more for adults now. It's a workplace comedy a la The Office, the kind of like documentary, shaky cam, confessional style thing. They have a late night show that Piggy hosts and they all work for it, <laughs> that kind of thing. Kermit Did Piggy. Did you just shorten Miss Piggy to Piggy? Uh, people call her Piggy. Not politely. Miss Piggy. Um, Every single time Kermit (laughs) talks to her. Because they're intimately involved. Hey, Piggy. It's not, hey, Miss Piggy. Every time. But you, sir, 
should refer to her as a gentleman. Are, wait, are you like, are you equating this with me saying like, so Marty Scorsese? And yeah, I, exactly. Are you doing it like no, that? just calling it Marty. <laughs> but it's even worse. I'm sorry that I mislabeled the felt character. <laughs> uh, so sorry, Madame Piggy. That's better. Hosts a late night talk show, and uh, everybody else works for it. That kind of thing. She and Kermit's a showrunner. They're broken up now. Um, mm. He's dating another pig. <laughs> For reals, I know. Um, and so it, it, I thought it was pretty cute. I think it's got a lot of potential. Some people like it's very mixed in the critics stuff. Some people like it. Some people hate it. But a lot of parent groups are upset because it's not for kids, and they're plopping their kids in front of it at eight o'clock to watch it. And it's you know it's more it's really all. not for kids. Yeah. Is, like is it how inappropriate for kids are we talking? There's jokes that they're not going to get. Like, yeah, there's a joke where like they're sitting around and like the Mayhem band, Doctor T's like, "Well, we should have meetings, you know, in the morning, you know, to figure out what how things are going to go for the day." And then Kermit's like, "Well, this is what we're doing right now. This is a meeting." And then Zoot, the saxophone player, goes, "Oh, this is a meeting. Uh, my name is Zoot, and I'm a." And then somebody whispers uh-huh. in his ear and he goes, "Oh, different meeting, man. Different meeting." Like that's a joke that kids aren't going to understand no. whatsoever, but it's an adult joke. Yeah. Um, and then there's sort of like. Not inappropriately so. Right. And then there's, like, relationship stuff, like... Yeah, he doesn't, like, get as far as saying, like, I'm a irrepressible fuck monster right. or something. Right. right. And if so, I mean, isn't that okay? That's going to go over their heads, too. And that's a good They're point. And that was Jim Henson's greatest creation, the irrepressible... <laughs> <laughs> the irrepressible fuck Fucker. Monster. Fuck monster. <laughs> um, yeah, so people are kind of... Some parent groups and stuff are very upset about it, even though... What people forget is the Muppets started for adults. It was on Saturday Night Live as like short stuff. It was kind of dirty and raunchy and raw, and then it you know transitioned and you know they made Sesame Street for kids. Yeah, but even the original Muppet Show wasn't like just pandering to kids. No, and not at all. Not at all. But this is definitely more like they took the Muppets and they tried to make it yeah. like The Office, and, yeah. which is fine. Like you got to constantly change your brand up a little bit try new things up otherwise like the movies weren't doing that great the reboot of the Muppets that Jason Siegel did well but Muppets Most Wanted did not do well and Disney owns them now so who knows but it's different and it's interesting and I think it's why not like give it a shot it will survive it if it doesn't work out and they'll make more movies for kids what network is it on it is I believe on ABC and you can get it on that makes sense I can get it what on Playboy (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we made it for Playboy now. It's on Cinemax yeah. at 11 p.m. at night. <laughs> it's scrambled, so you have to go back and forth across the channel. I find, though, like if you really squint, you can still kind of make out what's going oh, you on. You can yeah. see some frog stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Full of frog stuff. The Muppets. But yeah, so that premiered. There's a bunch of new fall shows premiering, and it's always interesting to try to figure out what's going to do well and what's going to shit the bed and get off quickly Yucky, Scream great. Queens premiered I also watched that that's the new one from Ryan Murphy and our past guest and Frenny and Brennan mm-hmm. uh, with they Lee have Michelle been killing and Jamie it with Lee posters around town there's so many Scream Queens posters oh yeah their awareness is up there it unfortunately was a little lackluster in the ratings it didn't bomb but it did not do great mm-hmm. to say though I always wonder because we live in we live in LA so that's where the industry is, and that's where they're trying to impress the people who write about TV and pe- and the people who decide whether it stays on the air. Yeah. So they clearly put more posters here than they do in other places. Of I course. wonder whether they're even advertising at all, like, across the country or... I doubt it. I'm sure that they're... If you go to, like, New York or maybe San Francisco, places like that, there's probably some bus stop posters. Right. You know, right. That kind of stuff. But it's... I mean, it's, I always find it... I always forget, because, you know, I've lived in LA for, like, 10, 12 years now, 
that I'm just so used to every billboard being for movies. You go to other places and it's like for a dentist. Yeah. It's for yeah. trucking, like, like call this trucking company. Right. It's for things that like people actually need and use. Yeah. Why does why is no one angling for that person's consideration? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's the weird one, especially when it's like for your consideration, Ricky Gervais and we're all know, just whatever. considering. Yeah, right. right. Like imagine someone who accidentally buys just a thousand of those across Iowa. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, just, I didn't realize. I didn't know what was going on. I just thought we need the billboards. <laughs> I used to live in L.A. and I don't know the climate out here. Yeah. I just want them to vote for best sound design. <laughs> oh, geez, that's for our consideration, eh? I don't know what to do with that. Well, the man asked. <laughs> uh, Honey, are you considering it? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. <laughs> Who's this John Hamm? Is he a realtor? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird though. I always just forget that. Like it's whenever people come to visit, they always comment on it here. Like, oh my gosh, all these TV shows have posters. Yep, yep, they did. But that was always exciting to me as a kid when I would visit was because I was so into movies and things, just looking around and seeing movies everywhere. Like getting yeah. the Sunday Los, Los Angeles Times or whatever, and the entire like movie section was just like this pink section that was just full page like film ads every page and was like this is amazing i love this but yeah yeah oh well mm, oh well indeed nashville came back last night haven't seen it yet very excited it's yeah, my I favorite prime time soap opera or whatever i've seen two episodes and it's it's so a soap it's, it's totally yeah. they've managed to get away with putting a daytime a soap, soap on, on prime time i know it's so funny and sometimes people try to pretend it's not and i have never liked a soap opera but it's definitely it is a, a serious soap drama opera. with music yeah, yeah. Like, no it's a musical soap opera yeah. and it's fun i love that like it's made chip Eston, sorry charles Eston. oh yes charles um uh, a serious in, actor into the serious actor thing when he's just like a really funny improviser who's he's lying a great guy. actor though yeah. on the show he really is he's really good but it's just kind of funny that like when I heard he got cast like well he could sing like they always did he did the musical stuff on that show and stuff a lot so I was like oh, that's cool but I just didn't like I was like oh is a country singer okay okay he's done that in the genre style why not yeah. and then it's, he really is good on it who knew? Do you think like every episode he that they're, they're having to force him to do country style? Like someone whispers like in the style of country music. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Others like I'm going to do a rap. No, 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 don't, don't. We've got to do the suggestion game with him, guys. You can't do <laughs> rap. Yeah. Tell you what, we'll get you to guest on Empire. You can do the rap there. But you you got to do country over here in Nashville, Chip. <laughs> and like every every before every scene, like he has to pull the script out of a hat. Oh yeah, just reads it, just it. looks at it. All right, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to sneak those lines in. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna sneak those lines into conversation. Have you guys watched Empire at all? Like that's no. No. massive thing. I've seen a few stray episodes because Jenny watches it. Yeah. And, like it's been on the background or whatever, and it's completely ridiculous. Like it's like Nashville, but for rap music, yeah. it's basically the same basic thing. But it's pretty hilarious and how over the top and crazy it is. And like that was one thing at the Emmys too. Is like Terrence Howard. Oh, um, I did watch that clip. Ooh. Oh, that was creepy. I don't know what's up with that guy. I like, missed what happened. There's been always so many strange things about him in the news. Have you noticed that? Like, yeah. Wasn't he the one that was like, okay, in a magazine was saying, like, I require my women to wipe down with baby wipes? I'm not like, surprised. Just like things that are like, ooh. And that he feels like that's perfectly appropriate, but he was presenting and he got real creepy. Yeah, the little 
little kissy kiss. Yeah. Presenting, you mean so. like he was presenting an award? Like that's not just a term for a behavior. Oh right, right. he was also, he was, but he was presenting. <laughs> he was, he was peacocking. Doubling. Yeah, he was totally um, peacocking as he presented. Yeah, well, I mean, he was replaced in Iron Man by Don Cheadle after the first movie. Like he was in Iron Man two and three, and like. You gotta wonder why you would want to get off of I don't know a massive franchise like yeah. that. That's gonna be great. So maybe he's really weird and hard to work with. I don't know, but but he planted an unwanted kiss on a lady. Yeah. No thanks. There it is. Stop it, men. I tell you. So there's a lot of other shows coming out. Um, I don't even know which ones I want to run down, if any. Um, oh, I want to see Doctor Ken. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know some people working on that, and I hope it's fun. I'm, I haven't seen any of the new shows yet. It's most of them haven't premiered yet. They're just starting. To. Oh, okay. They're rolling them out. But I'm not behind. Yeah, I'm doing great. A lot of them premiered this week. Blind Spot did huge business. Like that's probably going to be the breakout hit. That's the one that's basically Memento. Oh my gosh, that poster! Have you guys seen that one? I laugh no. every time. Like it feels like something I would completely make in Photoshop. Beautiful woman. From the back, nude, but covered in tattoos. And then in the shadow, like, vignetted a detective, like, looking very uh, serious. And then it says whatever the name of the show is. Blind Spot. And then the, the catchphrase that they put on is, um, uncovering her past one tattoo at a time. Oh. I have seen that poster. Yeah. And that, I have now seen that poster, now you mentioned it. I didn't quite, until you said that line, I was like, oh yeah, I did. That does look like a cutaway from a sketch comedy. It's like, like yeah. the most ridiculous made up movie that yeah. you'd be like, ooh, kind of, I should have done better photos. That almost looks like a 30 rock cutaway. Yes, <laughs> because the tattoos are on, they don't even look like they're in her body, and the line is just like so painfully bad. I can't believe well, it's it's, good. it's created by Martin Garrow, who I know who uh, was was dating Janet for a while. Oh. And uh, he's, he knows it's ridiculous, like, but it's high content. Yeah. and silly and stuff like that too but like the buzz is so good on it really yeah and it, All right. it was did really well in the ratings so the poster was a tease yeah. to reverse our expect- expectations so who knows but uh, I'll check it out Limitless also premiered and did okay which is based on that Bradley Cooper movie um, where the guy takes the drug and yeah. he can do anything or whatever uh-huh. so that came out um there's lots of other stuff too. We have just haven't gotten to them yet, but uh, we'll see how things go. Blood and oil. Don Johnson coming back to prime time. Whoa, whoa, we whoa. All right. <laughs> and Heroes Reborn. I don't know about that, but they're repurposing that hero show. I ducked oh, out of Heroes half. You know when they had like the kind of half of season one, and then they took a break, and then there was the other half, and that was the point that I just lost it. So I I got behind, and then I and then. I got like I got five or six episodes behind, and then my friends reliably informed me that I didn't need to catch up. Yeah, so I was like all right, I'm, it did start strong. Season one, I like. Season two was when they just totally lost the plot. Oh like, no, it just I think was I bad. dipped out around the same time of like there were like four or five episodes I really liked, and then it just I had to go. I got to go. Bye. It got bad, but like <laughs> the concept no is still strong. It. So like they're returning Jack Coleman's character, the guy but with the glasses. How sad is this list that it's like the biggest? It's all idea driven. I mean, like, huge concept or rebirths of something that has been a movie. I mean, it's just, like, the state of things right now. It's sad. Well, because everything's got to be safer. There's got to be something that they can count on. Like, the player has Wesley Snipes in it, so they're betting that him coming to TV will be good. He is Passenger 57. Always bet on black guys. Um, <laughs> Rosewood is Morris Chestnut, and that's where, like, he's, like... Uh, Morris Chestnut. Yeah. He's a... Uh, what do they call it? Like, that's an a under, name. Like a, just... That's as good as pop pop hubba bubba. <laughs> I think he's like an undertaker. Pop, 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 or hubba bubba could also be like a seventies pimp. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. He's bad news. That guy's bad news. Like, he looks like he's so fun, but he has a dark side. He has a big pink furry top hat. <laughs> well, here's actually something kind of silly, now that we're in, in silly times. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12, we're in silly times. So now. this year, they, this report came out, eight people were killed by sharks. Eight. But 12 people were killed by selfies. Ooh. So more people died taking selfies is there just one glorious fuck up who's in the intersection between those two? Leaning over the boat. <laughs> Guys, I'm on two lists. Two lists. It to be a Venn diagram for sure. <laughs> like one was like they reported this some old guy that was on at some temple or something and yeah. he took a photo and then fell not fell backwards on the stairs and died. Um, so sad. I don't know what the how, what the rest were. They didn't give a list, but thank goodness. And how sad is it? Like. They're at the crime scene. They're trying to figure out what happens. And then, like, two days later, somebody's looking through the phone. And yeah. they're like, oh. It just <laughs> uploads to iCloud. <laughs> oh, no. It just pops up on the laptop at home. <laughs> and then they upload to iCloud, too. Oh. The big iCloud. <laughs> Their soul is in the big iCloud in the sky. Chief, I think it's a murder-suicide. I think it's a... Oh, no. There was a duck face and then a scared face. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird, though. It's like to think that that's a stat now that they could count. Yeah, and I bet it was higher than that. But right. people didn't know or want to talk about it. Because sharks, you can't hide that. That's something going to be buzzed about. When do you think was the earliest death from someone who was trying to take a photograph of themselves? That's a good mm. question. Because I, I bet it pre- it'll definitely predate cell phones. Oh, for sure. And how was it? I mean, it could be back when the cameras had the big poof. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like it could be dangerous. Yeah, they go around to the front and they're holding the thing. And yeah. It's got too it. close to the flashbulb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was maybe smoking while he pressed the thing. Yeah. There was some sort of explosion. Right. Well, Let me remember like, this day that I have fell in a Nevada gasoline and <laughs> get a cigarette and take a photo. Oh, no. Oh, oh. oh, shucks. It's only silly because it was so long ago. I leave my hubba bubba money to my grandson Cole. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. It could. You never know. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, though. I wonder what the earliest recorded thing is of somebody who died attempting to take a photograph of themselves. Have you looked at all those weird Victorian photos, that they, the death portraits? And they also did it in, like, the Old West. But after people were dead, if they hadn't had their photograph taken, the family would, like, pose them like they're alive and have their photo made. Oh, they weekend at Bernie's? Though? Yep. Yeah, they weekend at Bernie's big time. It's very disturbing. And sometimes it's, like... Oh, I won't go into it, but it's very sad. So fall down the rabbit hole, maybe. <laughs> but they're like black and white or sepia, so it doesn't feel too real, you know? Yeah, right. Until you find out there's actually recently just did it one of those sepia oh, no. stands at the mall. Just the filter and. Hang on, is he wearing. Has he got an eye watch on? <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you took a corpse into the Sears portrait studio. Like, what, what would their reaction be? You know, if I was working. I would just let it happen, right? Because what are you going to do? They've been through enough. It's, been, it's a story. Yeah, it's a definite story. You know? We've got a lot of rules about dead bodies, though. Like, you can't just bury yourself in a hole. There's rules you can't do that. Um, apparently, you kind of can. What? Like, there's a lot of myths about what you can and can't do with dead bodies. Tell me more. Um, I only know this because we, um, we had a mortician on our show. Yeah. Uh, her name's uh, Caitlin Doughty. And she wrote a book called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes about being... And, like, she's kind of early 30s, cool, bit gothy, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Uh, and she wrote a book about, like, being a 20-something trainee mortician and 
Whoa. and part autobiography and part stuff like part philosophy and then part just interesting stuff about death and there's loads of apparently there's just loads of misconceptions that people will even tell you legal people will even tell you like with utter certainty like oh you can't you have to let a like the second someone dies you can't be with the body anymore you have to get a a coroner or a mortician to handle it and take it away and that is just not true in the slightest and you can also keep you, a dead body around as long as you, you can, like maybe not as long as you like but you can certainly like organize your own wake and you can organize your own burial and stuff like that and you can't generally catch stuff off of dead bodies either like people kind of go like it's unclean and dirty and yeah. it's dangerous but apparently the bacteria that dead body that dead bodies attract and that attack dead bodies aren't the same ones that make humans sick oh wow so like people are like you need to wash it immediately and get it out. like you need to get a professional to just cover it in plastic and get it out of there and apparently not true Ooh, and you could just bury yourself in a home yeah well, not yourself but. yeah i think i mean i think there might be some restrictions on exactly where you can do it but on your own land you can yeah you can wow you can do that save a lot of money yeah you might want to notify people so it doesn't like get discovered later and they think you're a serial killer oh right that's right. a good point there's that but if you're already dead when they discover it it's just kind of exciting folklore you've given your town right. yeah you know crazy old raglan there are dead bodies all over a property and you know you might want to They're get posed in a strange position or whatever like have like Displayed. like have the body of a wolf kind of coming towards oh, you <laughs> just, that's nice then you're going to need a lot of bodies. I just live in an apartment complex, so uh, Cole really wanted to be buried underneath the stair. <laughs> so that's okay, guys, right? Every step is a step for to remember. Oh. <laughs> Stairway to upstairs. Ew. Well, speaking of your podcast, Probably Science. Thank you. Let's talk about that. Uh, it's you and Andy Wood. Yeah, and normally Jesse Case, but Jesse's not well right now. Yeah. So Jesse's out of, out in Nashville being treated. Right. And by that, I mean the, um, the city, not the soap. Oh, too bad. I was getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible to yeah. not be well, but to be on Nashville. Right? That's going to be. You, I can't believe no one's not. Like, people haven't really noticed it in the background of a lot of scenes. There's just a 29 year old comedian scooting around, <laughs> being treated. <laughs> so, where did the genesis of the show come from? What made you guys decide to do it? So, it was originally. Brooks Wheeling was the original third host. And I have a math degree. And Andy was an engineer. And Brooks was a biomedical technician. Wow. And I found those two things out within the space of a week. Oh, my gosh. And I already had this idea bubbling around. And, I, and then I was like, well, there are people who kind of do topical science shows. Like, there's an NPR one. And there are people who do, like, funny topical podcasts. But no one's doing a funny po- – like, no, no comedians are doing a podcast about the science news. Because usually they're not smart enough to. Or just – it's not even smart. It's just knowledge. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. I because we're definitely not smart enough for, like, often, but we have... <laughs> that the probably is in the title for a reason, but now we have... We now have, like, real scientists who listen to the show and write in and correct us about oh, stuff. Oh, that's so cool. And sometimes we have experts and scientists on the show who then talk about what they do. But normally we just go through the week in science news with funny people. That's so awesome. Yeah, and it... <laughs> I'm so, this is how stupid I am. Like, I, I get these... We get these emails coming through from people who had, like, professors and... Or, like, people who were talking about, like, oh, I listened to you in our lab, and here's something you got wrong about this week. And I'm like, why are you listening? You're, you're a scientist. You're an expert. Why are you listening to our show? And then someone eventually had to point out, after I said it on the air more than once, a scientist wrote and went, hey, you know scientists aren't experts in all science? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you aware of this? Like, I'm as much of a layperson about... Things, things that aren't, aren't in my specialty yeah, yeah and like i was like oh yeah 
and I should know this because I do have a vague background in it. But you sort of have this idea of like, ah, the professor. Yeah, right. Who is a professor of... Why is he spying on us kids? Yes. (laughs) He's a professor of knowledge. (laughs) He just knows everything. Blanket knowledge. Like, no, of course not. Someone who does environmental science is as ignorant about quantum physics as the quantum physicist is about environmental science, and I am about both of those things. Right. That's a good point. Well, and I'm sure for them, it's so nice to have that kind of thing to listen to because it's not dry. Yeah, so we have have this weird listenership where half our listeners are people who are comedy fans who are like, oh, this is a kind of, I want to listen to a comedy podcast, but this has some facts and Mm -hmm. learning. Uh, And then we have people who found us because they wanted to find, they were looking for science podcasts, and then they're like, oh, these guys are funnier than the average Scientist. science podcast right. <laughs> if less dry. accurate some of the time. <laughs> funnier and we can write them more often to correct them <laughs> yeah and they do and we thoroughly encourage us and enjoy it that's so great yeah that's awesome um is there any favorite past like expert you've had on that was just an amazing interview for you there's been a few who've been really great um the two we had for the last two podfests were both amazing had uh, Sean Carroll, who's a physicist, and we found him through Jan Levin, and she's another physicist, and they're both amazing. Uh, and then last year for Podfest, we had um, Tim Minchin as our comedian guest, and we had Amy Parrish, who is a bonobo expert and Darwinian uh, feminist. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, what a handful, right? Which is <laughs> that's amazing, and she was amazing. And I don't even know what bonobo means. Okay, so bon- I, I thought it was a clothing brand. So it is, it is a clothing, yeah. and it she's is. an expert on it, and has studied <laughs> it for some time. If you're not sure about your sizing, she, send her an email, and she's really good at like the returns and everything. Oh, she, nice. yeah. she knows all the loopholes. But she also studies bonobo, the animal. Yes, monkeys. Uh, oh, okay. But here's the thing about bonobos, and this is where the Darwinian feminist stuff comes in. So. A lot of there's this whole branch of science, uh, evolutionary psychology, and a lot of it's kind of a bit bullshitty, and a lot of it kind of strays into the sort of uh, behave like like the sort of defending the caveman kind of yeah right. like it's basically you know this is why men and women behave like this, and because we're basically chimps, they're our closest relative, and chimps are a patriarchal society, and they do all this kind of thing, uh, and we're basically. We are the same genetic distance from chimps that we are from bonobos. Bonobos and chimps are very close relatives, and human to chimp is the same as human to bonobo in the evolutionary tree. Um, bonobos are a matriarchal society. Oh. They don't follow a lot of these rules. They also fuck a lot. So it was a thoroughly entertaining... Like, they basically... Like, they fuck in every combination of men women women men women women in men groups? men in groups in solo they tr- seem to trade sexual favors for food and all sorts of things <laughs> they behave in all the ways that people go like yeah well this is why humans actually like no nah, we because we're the same distance from bonobos and they are they do all this kind of stuff they live this wow. fairly free sexually giving and matriarchal life Oh, oh, and that's what she studies, and that made for a very entertaining episode. I can only I imagine. imagine. I've got to go listen to it. She set up a slideshow as well that was playing throughout it, and occasionally she oh, go just like their antics, uh, their antics, and occasionally she go like, yeah, and that's an engorged bonobo vulva. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> just like we just come on the screen. Yikes! Does she get how the humor is? Like, is she a very funny person? Well, here's what stuff? was good about her, and quite a lot of our science guests have been good for this, but she was particularly good at. Um, 
rolling with the nonsense because we'd get into it and then we'd go off on a big riff and then she'd kind of roll with it and kind of go along with it and then she'd be able to go like and this is what the actual information is ah yeah and then sometimes the actual like information was at least as entertaining as the nonsense we were coming out <laughs> with nice that's awesome and so, you've done the podfest a couple times now right yeah we have i think it was like this is our third third cool so they've been around for four yeah we missed the first the first year i was out of the country and andy and Brooks was pretty much gone from the show by that point, so Andy would have had to have done it solo. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, we so. did two and three, I think. We didn't do one, we didn't do this year. But yeah, I saw your one last year. It's it was fun. great. So thank you. It's the podcast is cool. It's I like having all these podcast people around in one little place and Yeah, they're kind of they're very enthusiastic. Yep. yep. Uh a little a little kind of nerdy in the way like I once I did comedy once at one of those sort of not Comic Con but like a smaller version of yeah. that same deal. And it was a similar kind of pe- group of people who were going around and just couldn't be nicer, couldn't be more into the show. And it's like you know them, or the, there's a feeling of really intimate knowledge. Well, that's the weirdest thing. Such casual conversation, you know? Yeah, completely. I was thinking, I was working this out, like maybe there's maybe two to three hours of my stand up out in the recorded media. Yeah. Between like my album, which is about an hour long, and then like other bits of TV, bits and pieces, and other bits of stand-up that have gone out in various other media. Maybe three hours tops that you could find if you really trolled yeah. all of YouTube and all of the stuff. There's h- hundreds of hours of me blathering on podcasts. Right. It's like some of the people that will listen to this kind of medium know the person better than their friends because you talk like really unencumbered. Yeah, yeah. or than you. Like oh, People yeah. will remind you of stuff you said... And you're like, oh, like it was me. three years ago, and they'll be like, "Yeah, because you said." And I was like, "Oh, that sounds like something I would have said." <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sounds not, like gonna... me in my dark days. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I'll weird. It's up. like they'll approach you at these things, like at podcast things like that too, and they'll either treat you like like they'll be very much like you're a rock star in a weird way, and you're like, "Oh, stop." Or they'll they'll act like you went to college in high school with you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like because they feel like they have this intimate knowledge of you because they've listened and to so many true. hours, yeah. which is totally yeah. true. But like I've never talked to them before, <laughs> and they're kind of joshing you, or, you know, giving, <laughs> shooting the shit with you, and it's just kind of it's a fun dynamic. Yeah, it's just yeah. really I, cool. I, well, I think what's kind of fun as well for me, it, because the stand up's my main gig, but it's it's so immediate stand up. Yeah, like you instantly. And you know it as well from the stuff you do, like from improv and everything. Do you ever do stand-up? Or have you always been improv? I've done a little bit. Um, not, not a ton. But, uh, but you know from like improv and everything, you see the audience immediately reacting to you. It's the most immediate feedback. Whereas when we do this thing, there's three of us in your kitchen. Yep. And we're talking in into a bubble. A, yeah, we're talking into a metal box, full, a plastic box full of wires. And, and then, then, then we wait. And, and then, then we wait, and you get you get people emailing you and stuff, but you don't really get to see the yeah. faces of people who've listened to you for hours. Yeah. So it's kind of cool for that. Yeah, it's so cool. I love it. Yeah, I agree. So so you've been doing stand-up a long, long time. A while. 14 years now. That's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit. Uh, when you did Last Comic Standing, this was in 2007, I believe. Yes. Um, the show is very different than uh, than it is now. It's, it, the show's gone through a lot of different evolutionary... Yeah. It keep, well, it keeps changing. I, I was lucky. I got one of the years where they didn't have us in a house. Right. Like, my, like the, the season immediately before and the season immediately afterwards, they all had to live together. Oh, my gosh. Uh, whereas our one, we were just in the Sheraton. And <laughs> after they finished filming, which was quite late, it was long days, but after they finished filming, we were back in our room. We had access to our phones and computers. That's so nice. Like and we were not being pitted at each other, like over an open bar, basically. Yeah, exactly. So even there are even things like the t- like 
Deborah Di Giovanni was in my season, and there was a time I had to nominate her, and I phoned her up beforehand. Uh, and I was like, like I just called her room. I was like, "Hey, Deb, just so you know, tomorrow I'm probably going to nominate you." And she went, "I'm probably going to nominate you too." Mm. I was like, "Yep, cool, no hard feelings. This is the game." And we we're like, and so there was. It was nicer to be able to do that. Yeah, like yeah. it was given n- space to like process. And yeah, all on top of each other. You, I didn't want you didn't want to like spring it on them like a like yeah. it's some sort of asshole survivor move. Ugh, <laughs> it was yeah. just like, hey, listen, we're because because they didn't really get that drama. They didn't get that because. The thing about something like Last Comic Standing as opposed to those other shows is we're all comedians. We're all professionals to varying degrees. Like I was, me and Amy Schumer was on my season. We were the two novices that year. Like we were with, but everyone else had at least 10 years of experience. Some had 20. Yeah. Mm. Uh, You know, there's people like Doug Benson and Ralph Harris who were 20 plus year veterans. And she just kind of, you get on with your own shit. Like you don't. There isn't that sort of squabbling and like bitchiness. You just kind of we all we're all used to going, you know. You fly into Michigan and you find out who you're working with for the week, and you hang. And they're like, "All right, this is someone I've never met before, but the three of us are going to be doing shows together for the yeah, next three yeah. days and having right. dinner together, probably, and that kind of thing." And you just kind of you're used to meeting strangers, getting on with them, being in your own head if you need to be in your own head, and then going off. And so they didn't really get that kind of squabbling and that. Well, right. which is good too. There's a lot of those other kinds of programs. Like they need the entertainment to come from the friction, or and this, yeah. the entertainment. You guys, everyone is an entertainer, like, and that's what they're realizing. I think more and more, they're kind of like I, this most recent season. I they cut it down to just go on, do stand up, be judged, leave. Yeah, that's yeah. all it was, and it was it was a hundred invited comics. It yeah. wasn't like just line up at the improv and, and 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 then they'll mix in some people that they just let show up and audition really quickly and leave. They also yeah, saw and they did people. They didn't yeah, they didn't have the kind of crazies. Yeah, the, yeah. The yeah there's ones who were it was it was just like cast. they cut through the crap. It was like here are a hundred actual working comics. Yeah. Let's you know keep slicing the numbers down, and then then it was over. It was really fast. It was a really quick thing. Where it was very yeah. different back in the day, and also like I feel like early on, like in the first season, of last comic standing, it was very much like open calls. So the comics that were going through were weren't that established. I think they had a rule like if you featured or anywhere, like you weren't able to do really because Ralphie May was season one. And he he had some heat behind him already, didn't he? Maybe he wasn't maybe. headlining yet. Maybe, but it was it was a lot more like they really were trying to find people yeah. who were just above an open mic. That know? fan won season one, and he yeah. was very green. Yeah, exactly. That's what they were looking for um, initially. But then they wanted it to be all good. Yeah. So they well, started like all of a sudden Kathleen Madigan was popping up on the show. You know, people and, and yeah. then other like very veteran comics that didn't even move on that had been doing it for. Oh, totally. Well, I think they realized, um, unlike like a singing competition, you can become a very good singer by like mostly in a rehearsal room. Yeah. And coaching. You need, and- yeah. You need a bit of, you need a bit of stage experience to get that kind of stage presence. Uh, but uh, but you can be an amazing singer and not really have that connection. Um, Which is impossible. But you can't with stand-up. Yeah, the only way you can get any good at stand-up uh, is to be in front of an audience. Like That's yeah. the only way you can do it. You can go to classes or whatever, and they can teach you how to take a microphone out of the stand and mm-hmm. vaguely how to, like, the rules of how constructing a joke. To be a comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you, you, can't, you can't do it without going in front of hundreds and hundreds of audiences. 
and just and sometimes being good and sometimes being bad. So by the time you get good enough to be on that show, to particularly to progress, you need to be you'll be at least semi pro. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I kind of strayed away from stand up in general because I've been doing comedy a long time in general, and I did some as like. Improv is like you just show up, you do it, you do it once, it's never seen again, right? Yeah. And the audiences are there, like you're kind of creating this thing together in a sense. They're giving you a suggestion, you're doing it, and hopefully it goes well. They're a little more forgiving. Yeah. Stand up, it's like you're crafting jokes, you're working them, and they're going to tank for a little Sometimes, bit. Sometimes, yeah. And um, it's going to be a while before you really construct a joke a way that's going to work, hopefully. Yeah, and, and you never lose dated. that. It's kind of weird. So like, you've got you to gotta actually have a lot of tough sets in order to get good. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of going out there and having to work so goddamn hard. For me, the it, tough you know? sets make the good ones feel better. And also, the more you do it, the more you learn how to have a tough set and the less they sting. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, if I have a really shitty gig, and they still happen, like, it's, there's, you never get to a point where you don't have... Well, you right. ha- have a, like a year without a single bad gig, but um, like I don't care as much because I know nearly always it's them if I have a really bad gig, mm-hmm. and even when it's me, I kind of know. All right, well, this is what I screwed up. I well, know yeah, that because you understand it, and I've had enough. enough. Yeah, and I've had enough good gigs around it that I don't take it personally. It does, it's not like a like when you first start. If you have a bad gig, it sort of cuts to the very part of yourself. Right. Because it feels like maybe it's over. But yeah. then if you push through it, then it's just variance. Bad things yeah. happen, and then yeah. good things are coming back. Is there a particular gig you can think of that we, you might consider your worst gig? Maybe just everything from top to bottom and just the... the oh, I can think place. of a few. <laughs> <laughs> it, depends on, it depends what you mean by worst gig. Like Because, again, there's, there's like... Honestly, like I've had maybe in my life five or six gigs where the audience hated me with a passion mm. like like furious like ang- like angry hated <laughs> they rule in the uk ah. uh, but but then when that happens they're almost you're almost more like a wrestling villain like it's like it's not even it, they, it's comical like it sort of right. turns a corner and it becomes re- it's so it's absurd the most recent one of them was within the last year um i did two nights opening for jim jeffries in at the brixton academy which is a huge room like three thousand odd seats and jim and i go back years because he started out in the uk and the first night was just a joy so the second night i was like oh this will kind of be fun and they just weren't having it oh no. and just and so what ended up happening was there was just a hardcore of maybe a fifth of the audience who were enjoying what was happening and enjoying me because I was trying to connect with them on the basis of how what was happening. <laughs> some people who were sort of apathetic and talking, and some people who were just livid. <laughs> like just, and so I ended up spending half of my set taunting the angry people. Like I purposely told a story that I just improvised that intentionally went nowhere, uh. and just and I told them I was just going to keep staying up there for even longer. And it just, like, it was funny. Like, it actually yeah. ended up being funny. Because so many people are so angry at the idea of you. They're not yeah. really angry at you. They're yeah. angry at the concept of you. Right. So, but you sort of go, like, do you know how furious you are at someone who just 
try to entertain you and miss the mark. And that's all that's happened. That's and that. you're angry. Oh, and you're like, fuck you, fucking cunt! <laughs> Get the fuck off the fucking... <laughs> like, that's, uh, you know, I, I rarely see that either. Like, I had this one, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but this kind of sort of shitty gig, it was at Benson Ball. And, like, I love that festival. It's okay. what curates. But it, was, it was my theme yeah. park improv show, which is, like, me, Rachel Dratch, uh, Jessica Makes and Jenna Varney, Ian Brennan, and... Michael Hitchcock. I that think. is a lot of very funny people. It's yeah. really, it's a fun it's group. A squad. But they, they, the whole thing was kind of fucked from the beginning because, like, initially they were like, they put us in this like rock club, like a standing rock club, and it said like general admission seated, but it was sold well, so they just sold more and we just made it standing. <laughs> and like they treated it like a rock show, so like it was supposed to start at a certain time, but it didn't, and they added uh. support onto it. So like Andy Wood was there; he actually opened. Andy right. went first, and then um, they brought this guy out, Perth Dio. Drama or something. It's like a stage name, and he does this weird performance arty thing for like oh, ten minutes, no. and it tanked so hard that he got booed off the stage. And I've never seen. Like, you joke about that, but I've never been in a room where like they turned so bad. Oh yeah, and they, it was raining too, so they were sitting outside in the rain for a while. But when they uh. came in, and they're standing, and it's hot, and like there's people doing ice in the back, so like the sound is shitty. And he does fine because Andy's good. Perth bombs hard, and there's a bit where he like puts pie on his face or whatever, and he <laughs> he walked up uh, backstage literally with pie on his face, just looking like he's like I don't know I guess that wasn't for them. Oh. <laughs> and By so the way, there's t- nothing funnier than. Um- I've seen at a couple of festivals someone who's doing something really alternative, and there's yeah. nothing funnier than, like, it's it's utter schadenfreude, and it's horrible, but it is so funny seeing someone who's done something really out there with a whole load of props and costumes slowly Falling leaving the state. Just it like, just, it tanked harder than I'd ever seen a tank. And oh. so bad that, like, Tig was just hanging out backstage. She's like, I'm going to go out and do a set really quickly to hopefully get the crowd back for you guys. Yeah. So she went out and did, like, seven minutes or something like that and got him back up or whatever. So we finally go on like 90 minutes past like when we were supposed to be on. Yeah. And we start to like go into the first two, like first scene. It's like Ian and Mike and they're doing a scene. People are like, we can't hear you. Use the microphones. Uh. And it's improv. So we're like, oh shit. So we did the entire set with like directional handheld mics. <laughs> yeah. Like at first we were like, just had two of them. So we were like so running out and like on our knees, putting it underneath people that were talking. And then they brought two more out. And so we would just hold them. And yeah. It just became more presentational. Tag in, yeah. Yeah. And it was fine. Like we did as good as we could do. And people generally liked us. And the people that are angry tweeting were mad at the festival for like misadvertising and not mad at us. Like they did the best they could. They, you, yeah. you can't do improv in this. Put them on early and give you should have like the little, either lapel mics or the little uh, Madonna style. Right. Just anything. And they should be seated. And uh, it was just. It was hard, yeah. but you know it was so it was so off what it should have been that it became fun for us in a weird way. Yeah. That afterwards we're like, well, whatever. And then they asked us how to go. We're like, well, if you really want to know, here's what happened. And then we were going to go back this year, but we couldn't get it done. They were going to put us in a proper theater and stuff like that. So we have no ill will towards the festival. Like, yeah. it was fun, and I was, yeah, it's just a logistical. Be, yeah, it was just oh. hard in a, in a weird sense. way that like it was just all these factors that just like piled in to be like, wow, this is just it's be hard, guys. Buckle up. <laughs> But that's the kind of thing that happens. Well, let's do firsts. We do this every podcast. It's a different first from life. Uh, What was the first movie based on a book that you can remember really loving? Oh, that's a great question. I honestly don't know. Let me think. Um, I think that my... Because I I was privy to this question before, and so I was trying to think of it. I think the first one that I remember, because it was like, oh, I want to read that book... Um, I'm sure there had been ones before that that I just hadn't been aware. But I saw Forrest Gump when I was like 10 or 11, and I liked it, and I read the book, and it was horribly inappropriate for my age. 
it was like, I remember, because I was in middle school, like just barely in middle school, and there's, I mean, I haven't revisited that book, but there were just sex scenes and all this, it was really? so dirty. I'm trying it. I read the whole thing, though. I mean, there were like kids ones, like I, I remember quite like in the animated Jungle Book. Oh, yeah. Which right. was obviously based on the book. Right. Um, and then, this isn't a movie, it was a two-part miniseries. But I remember f- when I was far too young watching the Stephen King's It adaptation. Oh, no. Yeah. And Which, enjoying it? Enjoying it, too, yeah. but also being terrified. Right. Like, it really... Like, I should... My sister and I both Scary watched it, and we should not have watched it. Yeah. They float down here. Yeah. Uh, down no, here. no, 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 yeah. no. Tim Curry? Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's good. I think for me... It was probably To Kill a Mockingbird because I think we like read the book and then we oh, were yeah. showing the movie like a junior high and like, the movie was fantastic and I really loved it. But the one that really jumps out to mind to me that like I loved the book and then I loved the movie equally as much was Jurassic Park. Oh, that's a good answer. Oh, yeah. And I know some people were bent out of shape about it because they're like, oh, they left this out, they left that out. And I was like, well, yeah, the movie would have been seven hours long. <laughs> yeah. There would have been an hour of just Ian Malcolm talking about chaos theory. If you want to really like do it, because there's a whole <laughs> chapter on that. <laughs> yeah, I never read the book. But it's like when people got really annoyed that Tom Bombadil wasn't in the Lord of the Rings movies. And you're like, it, it was already nine hours of movie. Right. Yeah. You want more movie? I remember when the third one came out, I just like almost yelled at the screen end already because there's like 27 endings on that movie and then we went and we said goodbye here and then we went and journeyed here and said goodbye uh-huh. and then so and so said goodbye here and then we said goodbye there. Like, oh my god yeah. yeah but I remember loving Princess Bride and then reading it and loving that that one was a beautiful experience on both ends never read the book again it's very good yeah yeah go for it whenever you have time no pressure yeah I'm not gonna check in about it yeah 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 good answers good answers guys Let's do my question thing. Okay. Should, should we do the build a movie? Should we skip it? What do you think? Um, let's do it. We'll do it. All right. It's a build a movie. We do these every once in a while. Um, too much, according to a couple of our listeners. Sorry, guys. Oh. Uh, but it's uh, it's we basically we will build a movie together. There's no budgetary constraints. The actors can be living or dead. We're just building this movie together within a genre, or whatever. And I thought it'd be fun to build a movie loosely, very loosely, based on your life about an up and coming mm. English comic. Okay. Maybe we'll call him Cat Merchant or something. All right. Um, yeah, so we can cast anybody. So first of all, who would you cast as you? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Ham is very funny. Yeah, maybe Wesley Snipes. You know, oh, someone. That's a good choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Just, just kind of like, just give it a bit more grit. Yeah. Maybe also because oh. still, still a fan of Demolition Man. Right. Yeah. Aren't we all? Got to represent. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could start with like City. a flashback scene of the streets of. Like you, as Wesley's night, on the streets of London as an orphan, and then he gets taken under the wing of um, Pop Pop Hubba Bubba. Oh, yeah. The pimp. So there's a bit of a kind of Oliver Twist kind of deal going on. Yeah, why not? It's very loosely based. Oh, I did like the, by the way, the musical Oliver. Oh, so like the of the film. That could be um, be a musical. I just announced it. I'm just backtracking to your earlier question. Right. Oh, okay, guys. Because that's definitely a film based on a book. Right. I like the idea of this being a musical, though. Why not? Yeah, because it could be like National right? and Empire. Yeah, although I'm not generally a fan of musicals. Oh, the there are very few musicals I enjoy. So we shouldn't do that then. Maybe there's just a very nice soundtrack. Yeah, it's very nice. Just really good soundtrack. So you're being brought into a sort of brothel situation, and the thing that gets you through is your humor. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is that I mean, like so far, that's exactly my life. Oh wow! Yeah, raised as an orphan on the streets. Yeah, yeah. by a pimp, very yeah. loosely based. Mm-hmm. And then uh, somebody. Uh, at who runs a, an open mic happened to go by the orphanage and hear you. 
No, it's a brothel. Uh, the brothel. Hear you uh, making a joke, and they're like, "I'm going to take you away from here, kid." Yeah. Why? That's the kind of joke I could use in my club. Exactly. Come on! Oh yeah, it's like the bad guy in Pinocchio. You know, Stromboli. That, yeah, yeah. He steals the kids, and so he takes you from the already bad guy. Oh, Matt, what a horrible upbringing you've had. Well, you don't know though. I think when you're when you're in the middle of it, you don't really see it as bad. It just is. Right. Oh, and that's it's why you're so lovable. Because yeah. you always got your chin up. <laughs> so he making makes, observations. You know, <laughs> he makes you run his mic for him. Oh. And uh, and so you're doing that for years, and that's where you grow up. And right, you... it's the in the bottom of a pub. When's the first action sequence? Uh, end of the second scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you happen to be like you're outside from the mic's been going a long time. You walk outside and you're like ugh, upset, and you look and you see a couple of guys dressed as like dock workers who are like loading up a truck. So oh they are yeah, dock yeah. Workers. And then they're like, oh, the kids seen too much. <gasps> they happen to be like Italian American. That's cool. Um, so because like, I was a big fan of like I was definitely a fan when I was a kid of lots of the kind of books where a group of plucky young children would solve a mystery. Oh right. yeah. Who doesn't love that? So you yeah. have I was quite disappointed to find Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, I was disappointed to find out when I got older that mysteries are mostly solved by uh, tedious paperwork. Right. Yeah. Rather than plucky youths. And the mysteries aren't usually so exciting. No, it's like, ah, uh, there's, a, there's a shortfall. Uh, <laughs> like, this, yeah, this, this uh, chit doesn't really match the amount of cargo that we have here. <laughs> So we're going to get Hank on it. He'll talk to the people down at dispatching. Yeah, we God, seem to be 10% down. <laughs> Something, someone's skimming. And when an old lady <laughs> loses a candlestick, she's just like, oh, damn. Yeah, huh? <laughs> End of story. <laughs> you, you happen upon the smuggling ring. Right? Oh! They think you've seen too much. So like, right. get, get that kid. So then uh, you're, of course, are running through the docks and, like, jumping on like there's crates on like and ropes and yeah. off of yeah it's remar- I'm remarkably agile for a yeah a talkative orphan yeah. yeah well you know when you're Wesley Snipes you get one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he plays you at all ages but oh, yeah. you just have good makeup well yeah of course yeah uh, then he gets pulled into the smuggling ring and once again he's saved by his witty observations yeah. <laughs> gotta say as well Wesley's uh, English accent is impeccable oh yeah Oh yeah! If well, then didn't he know. he meets a girl, and mm. then everything changes. Oh, that's what happens. like he's still do, he's still going to be himself and stuff, but like, but now he's like, I want to get out of the smuggling business. I want to get like in the up and up and make an honest living for this lady. Yeah, um, she could be played by anybody. Who would you want to have played? play your love interest i think also wesley snipes so, oh perfect. that's good yeah and judy dench can be her mom right yeah yeah mm. and she'll get an oscar for the four minutes of screen time she <laughs> because she gives a really like a poignant monologue yes bitter but it's also just, sweet it's the money shot yeah and then she's gone but oscar guys this is getting some acclaim it's called chuckle smuggler just chuckle, judy chuckle D- smuggler yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good movie does judy dench have an oscar she must have an oscar oh, i think yeah. she's got a few she's got a couple I don't know um, for sure. So she okay. So literally, the only two people in this movie are Wesley Snipes and Judy Dench. And Judy Dench. Well, so no, Wesley Snipes. Other... No, no, he oh. plays every other part. Yeah. Oh, so it's like a she's beat just, the clumps. <laughs> it's more than that. She he Wesley Snipes plays every other part. Yeah. It's just wow. him and Judy Dench and, Judy and Dench. some of the scenery. Yep. Oh. Yep. Matt, congratulations. He's so... Like, I think he's really shooting for the awards. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's Oscar bait, but I'm biting, okay? <laughs> Wesley Snipes and Chuckle Smuggler. <laughs> the big oh Oscar gosh. buzz. That's the worst, best thing I've ever heard. All right. Here are my questions. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? I have not. Okay. Uh, like, do you have to meet... If you meet one, does that count as meeting both? Yeah, because genetics. Right. Mm. 
I mean, you run a science podcast. That's true. I should know that. You should be much. That was kind of a rhetorical question. Yeah. So just, if you meet, I wouldn't. If you meet Daniel Baldwin, it's not like you met Alec Baldwin. No, but if you meet Alec Baldwin, it is like you met Daniel yeah. Baldwin. Yeah, exactly. Like he counsels. It flips right. the other way. Yeah. But there's no flip between MK and A. I guess that's true. They're tugging pretty even. Uh, okay, if you had to be on another competition show, last blank standing, what would you fill in the blank with? Oh, I don't know. You know what? The only competition show I think I'd do now is I'd do it if I was going to learn, like if I was going to come out of it with a skill or come out of it with mm-hmm. a thing. Do you know what what like I, like, I don't know. Like, I, like I'd like to come out of it and go, like, I'm a better cook than I was before. Right. I'm you want to like, the, the America's worst chefs or whatever. Or they, yeah. Like, make or, them better chefs. Or there was that... Um, there was that diving one that like oh yeah I believe one. that was a show the, Can- Cannonball or that was bad like it didn't do well in either Britain or America like they had two versions and they were both kind of weird and they both kind of the one in America sounded better the one in Britain I think in America they did it outdoors yeah in Britain it was indoors but if you ever watched the Olympic diving like in anything that or swimming anything that's in the swimming pool has that weird echoey acoustic because you're yeah. in a swimming pool right so the entire show oh. sounded like that. <laughs> like it was know. like this weird, empty sounding. Um, did the American one have Louis Anderson in it? Yes, it did. And really? I think in Damakon Sue. Yes. Player, yeah. And the Brit. And, and um, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar was in it. Oh. God. Why didn't I watch it? And the British one was co hosted by Tom Daly, the British young Olympic diving champion. Nice. Um, but he. Uh, but I would do that because I'm scared of heights. And the idea of jumping, like diving boards, scare me anyway. So I would do it just as a like I would conquer it. Yeah, I'd be the I would be that asshole with the narrative the that they play story. music underneath. Yeah, yeah, like doing this for everybody. And then they'd have the like the swelling to the triumphant music when I just do a shitty dive off the top. There it is. That was the other thing. The other thing that made it a kind of rubbish show was. It turns out, unless you're a really good professional diver, diving looks shit. Like, all they were doing, like, no one was doing flips. Like, most people were doing, like, the best they could do is, like, a a vertical straight dive. You go, like, so there'd be this whole build-up that they build up as much as possible, and then they just kind of do one straight dive into the water. I just can't imagine that, like, the process... Yeah. Which that being like, okay, we're going to make it. Give it a go. There's, there's an old... Uh, I think the process was, it's cheap. Yeah, we've got a pool. <laughs> there's an old Steve Martin bit that was on his, like, Comedy's Not Pretty TV special in the early 80s, which was on the box that they just put out last year of Steve Martin stuff, where it's he's a uh, diver. He's Steve Martin, the diver, whatever, and all the all the dives he do, does are, like, ridiculous. Like, oh, man getting pretends he gets shot and falls in the water. Oh, man he eats a sandwich. Man tries to catch a uh, beach ball. Yep. It's really good. You should check it out if you can find it. It's very funny. And Carl Reiner is, like, one of the commentators. Uh, this is well, game. Rodney Dangerfield was obviously the world's greatest diver. Oh, yeah, the triple indie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Bunch of nerds, everybody. Uh, this is a game we call Tom Tom. You take two Toms and cast them in an earnest love scene. And you make up the love scene. Ready? Okay. Your Tom choices are Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Tom Hardy, Tom Brady, Tom Waits, Tom the Cat from Tom and Jerry, and Tom Yum Soup. And who's the last one? Tom Yum Soup. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, that's a good. That's a good lot of toms. Mm-hmm, thank you. Like I thought, I had it right at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. you just kept adding more quality mm-hmm. toms. Yeah. This question is sponsored by Tom Shoes, one for one. <laughs> was Tom Shoes in there, or no, was that no? no. They're just a sponsor. Okay, because that gets confusing. Right. <laughs> was that just coincidence, or? Yeah. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. We're just lucky like that. <laughs> um, Ernest love scene. Um, do you need the Toms again? I kind of do need the Toms Tom again. Tom Hanks? Tom Cruise. See, Tom Hanks, I think I'm going to count out because he just commit to it so well. I yeah. just, it would just be too adorable. He'll be oh. yeah, too likable sex. Tom yeah. Cruise? Tom Cruise is too much like, is he, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Tension. Tom Hardy. Maybe, but then there's, in Tom Hardy, there's more like, he is, he is. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady? No, I quite like that because that'll be awkward and wooden. Yeah. Like it, when you... It'll be a shock. Yeah. A shock to the system. Okay, so he's an option. Tom Waits. See, um, see, I think Tom Waits would just it would just make it too beautiful. That's true. His well, Tom the beaten cat face from Tom and Jerry. Yeah, him and, and Tom, Tom Yum together. Su- that's where. That's how I would go. Oh, hang on. Now I'm backtracking because Tom Yum's because we're sort of left with Tom the cat or Tom Yum soup. I think with I'm going to Tom ca- Brady. Yeah, and I think either of them would look a bit too much like a misfired SNL sketch. <laughs> I'd love to watch Tom Waits fuck some Tom Young soup. Yeah. <laughs> tastes really good. Particularly if it's just a bit too hot. Yeah, yeah that's true. Ah, ah. Ooh, but he'd have to push through. He and he would. So and the more the more the mouth kind of burns, the more <laughs> gritty he becomes. Oh, you're thinking with the mouth. Oh, oh, just uh, I'm thinking everything. Yeah. When he yeah. commits, it needs to be a full body experience. Uh, yeah. Um. But then again. <laughs> but then again, mm-hmm. then again, I quite—I think maybe t- maybe Waits and Brady, maybe Waits and Brady. Ooh. But I think I think Brady has to be the one taking it. I think you're right. All right. Yeah. But they're, but they're still doing it face to face. Good. Because I, you know, they're they still want to connect. Yeah. Right. Perfect. It's not angry. No. Love it. No. Oh, beautiful. Okay, you have eleven words to get people turned on to science. Go. That's uh, one. <laughs> um, two. <laughs> Shit. Three. <laughs> I'm wasting my words. Four, five, six, seven. This is going. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just. Everyone listen to the podcast, but don't listen to the man. Um, this is your final question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you've angered a wizard. Explosions. There it is. There oh, it is. That's, good. Oh, no, no, no. that's enough. Uh, you've angered a wizard, and he's giving you a choice between two punishments. Okay. Because he loves to watch the struggle of a choice. You're known for your youthful, impish good looks, but would you rather have your head be 80 years old? Mm-hmm. It will age for the next 10 years, but then... Oh, no, 20 years, but then it's going to cap out at 100. So okay. It ages regularly, but the head... But just a head that goes from 80 to 100 and yeah. then stops there. Or your body stays youthful, um, but you grow very thick, juicy hips that are almost impossible to clothe. Oh. I think... I think I'd go with the hips. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going with that just because I remember... I've got a, a couple of sisters who are a fair bit younger than me, and I remember when they were young, they had like this kind of walker roller thing that they'd sit in. Oh yeah, and it had wheels, and they could push it along with their feet. And oh, that a jumperoo. Yeah, and they but it would move. It had wheels, and right. they go from one side to the other. Yeah, and that looked like a lot of fun. It's like a baby spaceship almost. Yeah, and there's activities on it. That's great. Yeah, and I think I'd be able to set up a similar contraption. Yeah, I could commission something like that, and I I would. 
I think I'd enjoy my life. I think everyone around you would too. Yeah. You're like, oh, here he goes. Well, you did, did it. it. You made it all the way through, Matt. Thank uh, you. People should listen to your podcast, Probably Science. Where can they find it, Matt? Please do. They can find it all the places podcasts normally are. It's at probablyscience.com, but it's also on iTunes and Stitcher and all those things. And also, can I plug um, yep. Jesse versus Cancer, which is my, yes. which is yes. Jesse's podcast, which is for sure incredible. Like it's obviously a shitty reason to have a podcast, but it's. Um, it's by turns interesting and then funny and then serious and then irreverent and it's just it's great yeah um, check that out everybody give yeah give it a go um, sure. um and then find you on the twitter too yeah they can find me uh, on all of the social media oh, except not on instagram because fuck that <laughs> uh but i'm matt kirshen on everything uh you'll get the spelling wrong but it's weird enough that if you get like it's K-I-R if you put like English comedian Matt K-I and then stop banging the keys it's like gonna, Google Google will find me there him. aren't many Matt K comedians there's Matt Kerfelflump yep. there's Matt Caraldo. there's Knudsen who's very funny yeah, Knudsen there's a few of them Real there's dude. there's a couple of us but get a few letters in there and you'll find me right mm-hmm. and then yeah I'm on all of those things and that you can find my album and you can find my podcast and all of you Oh, you might not want to. You might go be like, fuck, I'm done with this guy. That's up to everyone. I've had more than enough of him in this podcast alone. It's <laughs> up to you. I'm not, I'm not the boss of you. No, no one is. That's you do true. what you want. Listen to what you want. That's true. Follow your heart. Well, check Matt out on several different platforms. You Whatever you want. Whichever one you want, you guys. Uh, we're on Twitter as well. Um, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMT Podcast. Also, uh, we are on Instagram, though it's seldom updated. But oh, we're yeah. going to fix that uh, at Pop My Culture Podcast on there. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Yay. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks. It's been a joy. Thank you so much. It's been very lovely. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.